Hello. Hello, everybody. Welcome. To Welcome w- to our podcast. This is called What the Ship Are You Doing? What the Ship Are You Doing? Well, what we did was took two months off. We sure did. <laughs> Not from each other. No. But from podcasting this podcast. Yes. It's been, you know, you get it. It's pandemonium out there. So Pandemic much happening. Land. Right. Everything's going on. There's lots of feelings. There's lots, lots of relationships happening. Just so many, many things. And we decided that it was time to record again. Also, there's a whole bunch of conversations that are going on right now. And though a relationship podcast is an appropriate place to learn about relationships, it didn't feel like I didn't feel like it was entirely appropriate to try to crowd out the sound of the voices that need to be heard right now. Absolutely. We so. do have more in-depth conversations about, um, like, let's say, Black Lives Matter and things like that in our other podcast. Check it out. It's called uh, Two, and, Two and, and a Half, half lesbians. lesbians. I just got... I'm like, how do I forget <laughs> oh the podcast we're still doing every week? Uh, and uh, Lisa and Kay and I talk a little bit more about that, and we talk about you know Black trans lives and so many other um, uh, incredible stories that are worth listening to so check it out over there know that we are in support so we are back i'm lisa i'm kirsten and we're here to talk today about non-possessive love absolutely what is non-possessive love lisa well i'll i'll tell you my take on it here's what here's what i here's my gist here's my whatever i understand oftentimes when people get into relationships where love is involved obviously relationships usually mirror love and that's part of it um we tend to start to feel like that person, I love them, they love me, so now they're mine. Right. And that is an incorrect thought. It is something we do early in relationshiping. When we're first learning how to date, when we're first learning how to be in relationship with other people, the very first people you learn to love are are probably family members. And there's an, an idea that I kind of have like, oh, well, that is my mom, Right. Right. That's not just Judy and somebody else's friend or whatever. That is my mom. So I love her because she's my mom. It's mine. It's my possession. My possession. Yeah. So familial love kind of comes with that mine because there's uh, there's a a bond there. But when we start going into romantic love and we start going into partnering, we tend to act like, oh, well, I love them and they love me. So now they're mine. And that's a possession where where we're really it's not Um, the reason your mom's love feels so good is because it, oftentimes it sets you free, right? Mom loves you. I love her. We love each other. But I, I, all I have to do is be myself and mom's happy. Mom's proud of me. Mom's going to, mom's going to cheer for me because she's mom. Yeah. Um, but that's not how romance works. No. Um, you in relationships have to have boundaries and consent and all sorts of things. And, and those are conversations, not just I uh, looking across the table with eyes. Right. Um, uh, a friend of mine was talking to me recently and she commented, uh, um, you know, she's also in an open relationship and her husband was saying something about, um, well, but you're my wife. And she was like, you need to never talk to me like that again. <laughs> right. She's like, just because I'm your wife does not mean I'm your possession. And they've been married a very long time. And so with being open now in their relationship, sometimes it, it, you know, it's conversations that they still need to have. Um, but the concept of I love you and you love me and now you're mine 
is is a very early development under developmental understanding of what love is as we progress and learn that oh these are the things i want these are the things i want in a relationship um we don't necessarily have to settle or be possessed by someone else and yes love is passionate and exciting and it's um what's the word i want infatuating and all yeah. of those wonderful things i always say when you're in the infatuation phase don't make any decisions Right. <laughs> Don't make any deci- decisions while you're still amped up on each other. It kind of reminds me of how like when I'm drinking, I don't let that version of my brain make any decisions that will affect my sober self. Right. I'm like, right. I will make that purchase tomorrow if it's still a good idea. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, and love is intoxicating. Yes. And romance is intoxicating. And it's so much fun. And fucking enjoy the shit out of that stuff. Seriously. But don't make any big decisions when you're right there. Because what happens is people have miscommunications and misunderstandings about what love is. And suddenly you're in a relationship where someone thinks they own you. Right. It's so interesting. I think that... Or they own your feelings, which is worse. Oh, sure. And we can talk about that too. Um, I I mean, monogamy, non-monogamy, whatever version of relationshiping you're doing, I agree that there is a tendency to like, oh, I have to lock this in so I don't lose it. And it's almost like a... This isn't a healthy response. I'm right. saying there is a tendency in the culture... Mm-hmm. And um, if I don't if I don't get it now, I'm going to lose it. Right. Which is, I think, why there's a U-hauling effect with lesbians or like I have to hurry and and make put a label on this relationship. You know what I mean? Like it has to be labeled. It has to, you know, and it's this it's a fear based response that I've seen inside myself before where I'm like, well, if it's not. But what if I and then I might lose them and I really enjoy this feeling. And I what they're instead of communicating or finding a way to honor the, the enjoyment of I'm enjoying uh, the experiences we share mm-hmm. I'm enjoying the things we're doing together it comes with this lockdown of like well I have to make sure you 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 don't go anywhere or you can't leave me or and right. that's where marriage or or right. relationships start to feel for that that connection of oh well you have to be mine I have to put a label on you that's kind of a I feel like it's kind of a dangerous space it is dangerous emotionally dangerous I don't think anybody's in big physical danger I mean that depends just on the person. because you're in a relationship yeah right but I feel like if I, like, I want my relationships to feel like I'm being set free. Like, yes. do you know what I mean? Yes. Like, I don't, I don't want to be in partnership with somebody who feels like they have an expectation where, well, because we're together, I have to be this, this, or that. Right. Like, n- no, I'm, I'm me. And I am the most authentically me when I'm me every day. What's so much more fun in a relationship is when both parties feel empowered to, like you said, fully be themselves. And they're yes. choosing each other every single right. day. And I have to say, 40 years of, on, on this planet, and I have rarely seen a marriage be that. Yeah, it it is a rare bird. So I mean, think of the millions and millions of people who are married on this planet. Yeah, and I have seen so few of them happy, like actually happy. Sure. And I just think, what is the practice? Of, because marriage, I believe, is is a is a possess, possessive act. Right, and we're not talking about like committing to building a life together. Marriage, we're talking about the contractual agreement of what marriage really is which right. if you fundamentally look it up it's, it's a business paperwork. arrangement it's, it's kind of like yeah. it's kind of like when Kentucky fried Ch- chicken and A&W merged 
It's a merger. Right. That's what a marriage is. It's a merger. I absorb, yeah. We absorb each other's debts and we are financially responsible for each other. That's kind of what it is. It's right. not necessarily... About the romantic part of it. About building an empowered, loving connection. Right. Marriage doesn't do that. People do. Right. <laughs> Which is... And, and I have to say, like, I feel almost more enamored when I know that like for example you Lisa you're choosing me every day yeah you're choosing to be with me there's nothing here that says you have to be right here right now with me right and and there's nothing that says I have to be right here right now with you right I didn't sign my you know what I mean like and I, I not that I it's just it's that idea of like I am here and I am with you and I feel like I can celebrate that now, right. we also are polyamorous, so we have a lot of layers of no- practicing non-possessive love beyond, um, but that can still be applied to any type of relationship. Like, um, right. it this means, is It just where, means there's a lot more conversations. Absolutely. <laughs> and uh, there's just and, more conversations about more categories, but well, it could be as simple. Anyone who's looking at polyamory as, as, as something that, oh, I can just get to play around and have, you know, other relationships and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, you have to understand relationships come with conversations more of them so if you're if you're looking to expand your love circle you have to also work on your vocabulary absolutely <laughs> sorry i cut you off no it's okay uh i kind of lost my train but i'm sorry it's okay i was just thinking about how like i've seen couples where even if they don't share all the same interests there's almost like a a feeling of well, you can't go do all those other things because they don't involve me. Right. The expectation of um, you either have to be a part of my hobbies with me mm-hmm. or you don't get to have of your hobbies. Right. And that's can be that can be a version of, of possessive love. Right. It's where um, I'm not honoring the person in front of me for all the things that they're interested in and experiencing and practicing compersion, which right. is the opposite of jealousy. It's right. like my joy for your joy. Right. Now there is a wonderful thing that sometimes, you know, you meet somebody and they have a hobby that never occurred to you. And sometimes you're like, Oh, well let me investigate that with them. hundred percent. Um, but it doesn't necessarily strike you as something that you would want to do, but like it, because, because you find out why it's inspiring to others or the person you care about, you're like, oh, this is cool, but it's not my thing. And it's okay to not enjoy the same hobbies. Right. Like, I don't love shopping for clothes. No. I will go to Home Depot all day with you. I will look at clothes all day long. I am my mother's daughter, for sure. Right. And I shop for hours. And I'm the type that I'm like, hey, could you pick me up some shorts? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Literally just happened. Um, But I... I want to be whole and feel whole and I want to be empowered in that feeling of whole um, by you. Right. And I also want to be in relationship with a whole person. Right. And if I'm taking bites out of you because I'm trying to control or micromanage your behavior, your interests, your love. Right. That's not going to work. Yeah. Micromanagement is the biggest sign of someone who is dealing with their own insecurities. Mm-hmm. If you need to be in charge of all of the things that I, I want to do or be or my thoughts or my feelings or like if you want to check in and see how I'm doing, that's one thing. But if you're checking in because you ain't got nothing else going on, you might want to work on some self. Yeah. Self time. Get some stuff going on for yourself. Yeah. yeah. It's so exciting to share those things. Like 
I get right now with quarantine, sometimes people are in each other's space a lot. And yeah. we kind of miss that whole like, well, what did you do today? How was your day? Right. So create some things for yourself to do, explore, read a book, something that you right. can then share about later when you do yeah. check in. Yeah. I was going to say, um, I was listening to one of my favorite podcasts and one of them, somebody said something about how, you know, neither one of us ends up watching the show we want to watch because we're always just watching the same TV in the same room. So we're just always together. And and she commented on the fact that she missed missing her husband. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Oh my gosh, they have more than one TV in their house, but like they don't take the time to just go, Oh, I'm going to go do a thing separate from you. Yeah. Because generally when you're allowed to go out into the world, when you do have time together, you spend it together at home in the evening. And I get that practice. But right now, one of the best things about a relationship is being able to miss your partner. Yeah. So I will say, like, take the moment, go downstairs without your partner and and watch the TV down there for the night. Maybe even sleep down there. Take the night and just be away from each other. So in the morning, you can talk about it, talk about your night over breakfast and, and it can be lovely. Um, I will say don't don't should on yourselves during this time where where everything seems collaborative. Every moment of the day is I'm here with you or you're here with me or I'm in this room. And so suddenly you're in this room too. take the opportunity to be in different rooms for the day or, you know, take the opportunity to say, I'm going to go for a walk by myself and listen to a book on tape or, you know what I mean? And if you are a person that has a little bit more insecurities, um, ask yourself, am I doing this right now because they're in the room or because they're here or am I doing this thing for me mm-hmm. and have enough of those things that you're doing just for you that they, you know, their presence doesn't matter there or not there, right? you know, uh, to, so that you can unwind some of that if you found yourself in that space. Right. So, um, and I think, uh, the idea and concept of, you know, taking yourself out of a room or for a walk or something like that has to do with that possessive love slash slash shared space yeah like being able to say oh no our love is strong and solid and lovely Mm -hmm. and I'm going to go do a thing by myself because I know our relationship can handle it right (laughs) because we've been in the same house for 47 days and I need a break I think it's more like 87 at this point (laughs) I was just you know but 100% right yeah so give yourselves a break be kind with you and your partner and recognize that the autonomous person in front of you wants to be there. That's why they are there. Yes. Every day, whether you're married or monogamous or ethically non-monogamous or polyamorous, whatever, like, and you know, this isn't just about relationships that include romance. You know, yeah. you can say, you know, I, I love my mom and she is my mom, but she's also just a person in this world she happens to be the person who raised me and I love her for that. But like, you can also keep your space and distance and possessions down to a minimum by recognizing that person as just another human. And I don't mean to diminish that, that bond. I mean to heighten a relationship by recognizing them and as their humanness. I was going to say that honors them more. I feel like it does. It does. I feel like it, it really does because you're honoring that they have completely chosen that moment as well. Right. Well, and I'll say too, you know, as, as somebody who's in her forties now and my mom is in her seventies, if I was to continue having a relationship with my mom, that was me child, you adult, mm. 
it wouldn't be authentic. No. Because it's been a long time since I was a child. Sure. But when we talk and chat on like a human level, it's great. Yes. And there's not that weird, you know, because, you know, when you've had long lasting relationships, so my mom and I have known each other for 40 years, right. <laughs> you know, uh, there's plenty of opportunity to always try to backslide or back stuff and be like, well, you said this that one time and you did blah, blah, like, and I've had enough years with her as an adult as well, that that could maintain if we weren't watching and checking our relationship. Right. And so I feel like treating my mom like she's this lovely person I know and not just my mom. Yeah. Honors her more. Right. Let her be Judy. Right. Well, and also she's the only mom I've got. She's the only mom I'll ever have. And so treating her like the honored human that she is, I think, is the best way for me to be kind to her. Mm -hmm. Because then I can step back and go, oh, she's just a person in the world doing the best she can with what she knows. Let's honor her for that. Absolutely. Right. That's what I have to say about that. I like it. I think we did this. I think we did this too. You guys, thanks for tuning in. Yeah, thanks, thanks for, for uh, coming back and listening. Um, we'll be back soon. All right. <laughs> Knock on wood. <laughs>